in a glass case of emotion. I'll do whatever it takes to set me free. No, it's a cardigan, but thanks for noticing. Welcome to the Citywide Podcast. I'm here today with Contract Compliance Managers Tyler DeVries, Jeff Gilbert, and Operations Manager Steve Reed. Today we'll be discussing setting up your night for success, which will make your nights and career at Citywide run much more smoothly. As a reminder of the Citywide mission is to be the best, we are world-class managers of commercial building maintenance that lead our industry in client, employee, and stakeholder experience. Let's get started. I'm going to turn it over to Mitch. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the podcast today. My name is Mitch Brunette. I'm the Director of Operations for Citywide. I'm really excited to sit down and share some information that you're going to hear from Steve and Jeff and Tyler today. Um, as a reminder, these podcasts were designed for new people coming in to have a good uh, onboarding experience and learn about their role, but also they should be good reminders for people who have been with us for a while. So thank you for listening. Uh, a brief introduction, we have Steve Reed. He's our operations manager. Steve's been with me for nine years. He's been through a lot at Citywide. He's a staple of our history, and he's seen a lot and been a part of a lot as we've changed and grown as a company. So Steve, thank you for being with us. Uh, Tyler DeVries is with us today. He's got five years as a contract compliance manager manager in the Southeast Metro. He's a two-time FSM and CCM winner of the year out of all of Citywide. And I really don't know many people who have more of a positive and upbeat attitude than Tyler does. And he just never gets flustered. So really excited to have Tyler here. Welcome in. And uh, Jeff, who's been with us for about a year, he's our CCM up in the Northeast Metro. Uh, Jeff came to us with 15 years experience in cleaning. Uh, he's helped completely stabilize the Northeast Metro after we've had some challenges there in the past and has maintained a really respectable 98% retention rate in his first year. So welcome aboard. And uh, Christina is going to take us through some questions. So my first question in your mind from 1 a.m. when your night is over and you're feeling good about what happened, what made it a successful night? I can take that, Christina. This is Tyler. Uh, I was able to get into contact with all my contractors to confirm that they've received all their emails for their CIs and any complaints or requests that they've made had in their buildings. I've also tried to meet with all my contractors in their buildings for complaints, requests, and any three stars that they may have had uh, so I can visit that during the night with them. Uh, to me, the most successful night is when I'm able to meet with my contractors face-to-face. -face. That way, we continue to build a solid relationship and that they realize I'm here to help them and not just tell them how to do their job. So again, this question can be for any one of you guys. How long do you think it took you to learn how to set up your night successfully? And as a follow-up to that question, based on what you know now, if you were training in a new person, do you think they could get there faster than you did, or does it just take time? Uh, this is Steve. I'll answer that question. Uh, it took me approximately 45 days to learn a route and be completely successful at it. Now that I know how to run the routes, it takes me half the amount of time to teach the CCMs. So explain to me, for someone who might not know what a route is, what is that? We all assign to a certain amount of buildings, and our route is whatever is set up by the FSMs during the day, and they give us certain buildings that we have to go to. And those buildings, we set up a route and run in those buildings and visit them. And this is Jeff. It does take more time in the beginning. It took me about 90 days to uh, set up my route. And then um, I don't know if you can speed it up because you have to build your relationships with the contractor. So it's as fast as that goes. And usually how long does it take an average person to build those relationships, you think? 
It's like it depends on your interaction with the contractor. Some you can build relationships faster and some take some time depending on how, um, how many, if you're going in and just talking about complaints, then it takes time to build that relationship up. But if you're going in just to help them, you got to make sure you're a resource for them. Uh, for me, it took a few months to get the swing of things uh, for how I set up my night. But I have to say, it's always evolving and changing. It takes time to build up a relationship with your new contractors and existing contractors. I don't think it's something that can become faster as everyone is different and everyone will have a challenging contractors to deal with at some point. Uh, my advice is to listen to them and see where they're coming from and give advice that you can. And if you're not sure about something, never say, I don't know. Uh, instead, say, I'm not sure, but I'll find out the answer for you. Uh, most importantly is to follow up with that and actually find out the answer even if it takes a day or two. Uh, that's one way you can help build a positive relationship with them. And then for my route, I always write down all my buildings, my FSM visited for the day, as well as any complaints and requests. I then call my contractors that are in those buildings and get times for the buildings where there is a complaint or request so I can visit the complaint or request with them while they're there. And then I fill the rest of my route with any three-star accounts and any other items that need to be completed for the night. And what I love about what you just said is the never saying I don't know, but I'll find out. And I think that is key in any business. So can you give me an example of something that came up for you that it was an I don't know, but I'll find out kind of answer? Uh, one thing that come up in new accounts is if there's something that contractors, they find an area that has just, it looks like trash, but we're not sure if it is trash. A lot of times that will be, could be important documents or something that's just sitting in a box next to someone's desk. Uh, so that's especially something I won't just want to say, yeah, go ahead and throw it out. I do my best to get a picture of it without revealing any kind of important information and then send that to my FSM so they can get a hold of contact to see if that's something we can throw out. Anybody else? Yes. There's another way we do it too if we're not sure about it and it's just in the trash. We'll bag it up and we'll put it in the janitor's closet and then send a note to the FSM during the daytime and say, hey, I put this in the trash. I wasn't sure if it's supposed to go in the trash. And we got it in the janitor's closet. That way the customer can make the decision on what to do with it. We once saved um, about a $10,000 medical device that was sitting on top of a trash can in a box. Uh, nobody knew what it was, but it was on top of a trash can. And we stuck it in the closet and the client called me and they said, any chance uh, you know where this little white box is? It was at the green station. And I responded back to her and just said, yeah, I actually do know. It's sitting on the shelf next to all your quat. The crew didn't know if it was trash or not because they felt something was in there. And she wrote me back and said, well, I'm really thankful for your training because that thing was worth about 10,000 bucks. And I was like, well, well. Glad we could help you out. Mm -hmm. uh, I did want to hit on one other thing briefly. Uh, I think each of you mentioned IC relationships, and I think that's just so incredibly important. We could probably do an entire podcast on nothing but IC relationships, but Tyler really hit the point home, and Jeff said something that reminded me. Uh, when you first started, Jeff, you started out in the territory you were in, and you considered going to a different territory, but then you built too many relationships and didn't want to go. Right. And I think that says a lot about you and about the value of building those relationships. So for anyone out there listening, uh, if you want a smooth and successful night, a big, big piece of this, each of them have said is relationships. All right, next question. When you first got started, say in your first 90 days or six months, did any of you struggle with getting callbacks from your ICs? And if so, how did you overcome that? And is there anything you would do differently looking back? 
I did have issues with that in the beginning, but working with the ICs and showing them that I care and it can be a resource for them helped that out a lot. Um, also helping them with cleaning when I am on site. Um, the best thing you can do is save them time. So if you're cleaning with them or next to them and you can save them 45 minutes or an hour per site, then you're actually saving them time, which saves them money in the long run. And then don't be afraid to get dirty. Be hands-on on the contractors and the contractor's respect will grow for you and they'll be more willing to pick up the phone when you call because they know you're a resource for them. All right, so our next question. When you find yourself with a difficult balance of required visits for the night, how do you balance them or decide what you can personally verify? What can you trust an IC for? And when can you ask help from others? Always look at times of my visits first. I make all my calls and adjust when I can and when I can be in an account and need, which account needs my attention the most. And if there's an account that needs a visit and I can't make that account, I'll call like one of the CCMs for them to come in and help out and see if you know they can adjust their times and fit that uh, account in their slots. I think something that's maybe not mentioned here too is, especially again for newer people that are listening to this podcast now, we have a CCM route document that goes out every day and it's got pretty much every complaint, every request, every new start, every restart that we have loaded into our system that requires attention tonight. And as a director of operations, I look at that every day and I can't tell you how many times it's just imbalanced. For whatever reason, Jeff's unlucky today and has seven things on his route and Tyler's on easy street with two things on his route. And so it's nice that the whole team can see that and kind of figure out you know, okay, it's pretty obvious Tyler doesn't have much going on. He's a seasoned CCM and he's probably willing and able to help me. So I'm going to lean on Tyler for help. So there is this idea of shared workload when someone might be swamped or in over their head with calls. Yep. And, and if it's not on a daily basis when we're all working, it's when Jeff goes on PTO and, you know, there's still seven things that need to be dealt with and it gets split between the rest of the crowd. Yeah, we have, we've done cross training. So we all familiar with each other's areas. So it helps out a lot too. Next question. Let's say you have the night set up perfectly at 4.45. You get ready, say, to your third building around 7.30, and an IC calls with a big issue, water flooding. Or they're ready to walk off the building because they are upset about something. How do you handle that? And make sure that the priorities you had still happen effectively so that you get to your 1 a.m. wrapping your night and find yourself feeling good about how you pivoted and that the results were still what you have, would have wanted. So in a nutshell, what happens when something major happens and you still wanna get out of there on time and meet your deadline? So I think it depends on the issue the contractor calls you with, but having the contractor set up to send you pictures in the beginning of your night helps us out. Sometimes we need to leave and take care of an alarm issue or a water leak, which would take priority. We do need to ensure the previous concerns are addressed and the contractors are trained and coached. You can do this over the phone by talking through the concern or by explaining your situation and saying you can stop out when you're done. All contractors understand that there is emergencies and will send you the needed pictures if it's set up beforehand. So tell me a little bit about one of these kind of nightmare situations that you went through, Jeff. I think it was a couple months back we had a, um, an alarm going off. It was a contractor sent a different cleaner into a building. I was in, um, I believe, White Bear Lake. The alarm was going off in Maplewood, so it wasn't too far. But I was with the newer contractor. I think it was the second or third day in the building. Uh, contractor called up and said, I have a cleaner. I can't get there. The alarm's going off in the building. What can we do? So I asked him to give me the phone number for the contractor. And in that case, I actually was able to walk the cleaner through unsetting the alarm 
and then um, called the customer to just say, if the alarm company called you, it was us. We had a new cleaner in the building. This was happened. The alarm's off now. And we were able to pivot, and I didn't actually have to go out there. Um, I did have one where we had a water leak in a janitor closet, so that's when you have to get up and leave. So talking to the contractors you're with and just saying, I have an emergency, this is the expectation, let's make sure this is what gets completed by the end of the night, and if you can, send me, these are the pictures I still need, so can you send me these pictures and we're done, and then going, taking care of the water leak, and then either coming back to that account if they're still there or making a follow-up phone call to that contractor just saying, okay, how'd everything go? How do you feel about the account? Did you take the pictures? I think worked out really well. And tell me why do you take pictures? Why are pictures important? We take pictures for every complaint and request to come in so we can send them to the customer the next day so the customer can see that their issues are being addressed. This question is for each of you. If there was one thing you could tell a new CCM, say 30 days in, they've seen the job, they've learned the basics, they're now mostly out on their own, but still a phone call away. What is that one thing you might warn them about or one piece of advice you may give them in regard to setting up their night for success? Be respectful. That's the number one thing that we strive on is being respectful of the job, be respectful of your peers, and be respectful of the contractors. And it goes a long way. In this job, it goes a long way. You get a lot more done being respectful. And I think the best advice I can give is to make sure your contractors are coached to send you photos for all the requests and complaints that come in before you start your night. Then you can pick and choose where you want to go instead of having to chase contractors through the night and not getting anything accomplished. For me, I would say the one thing uh, is to say to a CCM is always take care of your contractors. Uh, they're your lifeline to the night, and if you take care of them, they'll take care of you along the line. Every time I have a new contractor or a new start with a new contractor, I always get them dinner. That way, it's a nice gesture, but it also gives you time to sit down and actually talk to them about other things rather than just work. You can get to know them a lot better. Doing that goes a long way to building a relationship and then also help gaining trust with each other. I know Tyler mentioned the dinner thing. Is there anything you guys do special? We all do the same thing with the contractors. And I got contractors right now that tell me, it was, it's been three years ago, I remember when Steve brought me dinner. <laughs> and they still remember that. They don't forget the good deed that you've done. And it goes, like I said, respectful and do stuff like that. It goes a long way. Just goes to that next step to show that you care and you're not there just to say this is going wrong. You're there to actually help them out and be a resource for them. Tyler was just the smartest one to take credit for it and remember. <laughs> uh, it's really funny, Tyler brings that up. And it, to me, as a leader of the department, uh, like I sign off on everybody's expense reports. And there is not an expense report that makes me happier than when I get to turn in receipts that have Pizza Hut or whatever on them because that means there's a chance to kind of sit down and chat, just like Tyler said, about stuff that's outside of work. And working with a group of people that often don't get a lot of interaction with supervisors or leaders or contract managers, whatever they are. So uh, I think that really goes a long way with them. And then Steve, you mentioned respect. And I just wanted to hit on this once because I still remember, we'll call it my first week or two at Citywide, uh, Greg Mansfield, the owner of our company. I remember him like staring at me dead serious in the face and saying, the one thing I don't ever want to hear is a contractor come and tell me that they felt disrespected. That says a lot. And so Thank you for bringing that up, Steve. It goes a long way. I think as we get ready to wrap here, I mean, Steve, Tyler, Jeff, this has been awesome to listen to. This podcast was a ton of fun to prep for because 
all I did was help organize some questions because I'm so far from the subject matter expert on this that hearing your guys' answers, I kind of found myself going, huh, this is, this is awesome. Like I didn't realize that's exactly what goes into what these guys do every day. So for the new people that are listening and for people that have been here for a little while, I think they just got the opportunity to get some really good firsthand experience from people who actually do it versus whatever I tell them. Sure, I've, I've gone out and I've been a CCM before, but not for more than a night or two. I've never done it for a week or a month. So the information you guys have provided isn't theory, it's reality. And I think that's going to go a long way with people. So thank you guys for coming in. I think there's a lot of great information here. Uh, I think our audience will find a lot of value in how they can plan, how they can set up and how they can adjust their nights when things go wrong. And then if nothing else is taken away from all that, if they don't know how to do any of those things, they can call any one of you for help or one of their other peers for help. So thank you everybody for listening. 